Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. December is for holiday movies on Popcorn for Dinner this month. Uh, mostly just because, you know, it's that time. Yeah. And that's what you do. What else are we uh, going to do? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, holiday movies or as what I'm sure a lot of them will be like Christmas movies, they come in all sorts of types and styles. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kids movies, there's mm-hmm. adults movies, there's horror movies, yep. there's animated movies, there's musical movies, there's, you know, <laughs> all sorts of different ones that you could sort of pull from. And I think... I think what would be nice would be to like pull from a lot of different ones Mm -hmm. over the course of the month. We're really just looking at what we have available. Like obviously every streaming service has like holiday movies for your holiday Mm kind of thing going on. So there there will be no shortage of them. Right. It'll mostly (laughs) just be a very discerning process of like which ones. Well, we can uh, and eliminate... at least slight, well, slightly discerning, I guess. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we will be eliminating like all like lifetime movies. Yeah, we don't need like a Christmas Prince or some shit yeah. like that. Like <laughs> that doesn't like, need to yeah. happen. Big city girl moves back to her like small town hometown. Horse farm. Horse farm or <laughs> a vineyard or. Oh God! Something. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, we, we'll, we'll avoid those ones. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say, like, not maybe quite as discerning was because we really barely looked into the movie that we're doing this week. Yeah. Uh, and really just looked at the, like, the the descriptor. And not, I don't even remember reading the description on Amazon when we were scrolling through it. I just remember seeing who was in it, and we were just mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah. And we just went about with it. So it, it was like you had a, a feeling of what it might be like going in just based on like the people that are in it but i feel like it was it was definitely uh interesting it was yeah it was not quite what i was expecting yeah and there's just uh there's there's i think there's plenty to talk about we'll 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 get into it yeah uh because the movie that we did for the first week here in december is the 2014 american black comedy film a Merry Friggin' Christmas, starring, holy shit. Right? Like, this just keeps going. I know. Starring Joel McHale, yep. Robin Williams, mm-hmm. Lauren Graham, mm-hmm. Candace Bergen, yep. Clark Duke, yep. Oliver Platt, mm-hmm. Wendy McClendon Covey, uh-huh. Tim Heidecker. Yeah. I loved seeing Tim Heidecker <laughs> in this movie. I thought that was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Like, he's horrible, and he's just oh, yeah. like, he's, oh, God, he is... That man is so good at playing the most like repellent people you would ever see. <laughs> He's so so good at it. it's it's amazing. I loved him in this. Uh, and then even even like lesser down, uh, I always forget how to pronounce his name. I think it's Mark Proch, uh, the guy who plays the state trooper that pulls them over a whole bunch of times. Mm-hmm. That guy. He's in the office. Who plays the guy mm-hmm. Nate? He is in Better Call Saul. He, I love that guy. He plays such a good, like, oh, geez, like, meek, like, weirdo guy. So for him to play the, like, uh, the the goofy Wisconsin state trooper yeah. is, like, absolutely perfect. I thought that was great casting. But just, like, holy shit. And then the shit. kid. Did you recognize oh, I, Rance? Eventually. Oh, oh, that one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the kid from Super 8. I just wrote Super 8 into my notes several times. He was also in, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the same kid in uh, This Is 40. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that uh, they make fun of a whole bunch for his teeth. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, <laughs> Leslie Mann, like, yells at him. Yeah, yeah. And makes him cry. Yes, I yes. do recall that. Yeah, yeah. but I, I wrote Super 8 because that's what I remember him from. <laughs> uh, I was thinking the other kid, the kid who plays Douglas, the main little kid in this movie. I was looking at him. And I was like, what the fuck is this kid in? And then it finally dawned on me, looked on uh, Wikipedia. He is the little kid in Looper, the kid who eventually will grow in to become the the murdering crime boss or whatever. Yes. Yeah, he's that kid. Gotcha. I was like, oh, I thought he looked a little sinister. There's something about him (laughs) that just has that look, but it's probably just painted from seeing Looper. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like legitimately, what a fucking awesome cast of people. Seriously. So you kind of go in feeling like this this should probably be pretty good, right? And from things that I read, uh, like according to uh, Joel McHale, one of the reasons that he wanted to be in this movie was because Robin Williams had agreed to be in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I sort of feel like the reasoning is for pretty much everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think Candace Bergen also had that thing where it's like, I'm not in a lot of movies. Like, I don't do a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do this yeah. to be in this specific movie for that reason because in the end unless things got like cut out of the movie or it got like ridiculously changed around after robin williams death because this was the first movie to come out after he died Mm -hmm. like unless there's a bunch of shit on the cutting room floor i was like this is barely a movie yeah there is so little going on at any given time that when they cut away to the family like because the main plot just to just to like get the descriptor out of the way Uh, Joel McHale's character, Boyd Mitchler and his family must spend Christmas with his estranged family of misfits. Upon realizing that he left all his son's gifts at home, he hits the road with his dad in an attempt to make the eight-hour round trip before sunrise. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty standard and decent like Christmas movie plot. Yeah. You know, like, oh, shit, we need the gifts. We got to go get the gifts. There's a ticking clock built into it. Yeah. <laughs> the whole magic of Christmas shit. You know, the kid will never except getting the gifts on the 26th. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because that'll ruin it or whatever. That means that Santa doesn't exist. Exactly. So it's like, okay, I totally get that gist. Mm-hmm. It's just that they encounter such little problems along the road. Like, for a movie that seems like it should kind of be a road movie, mm-hmm. it feels like they get from Wisconsin back to Chicago like that, and nothing happens in between. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like something bad happens when Boyd's car breaks down and his dad has to come get him. Mm-hmm. And then and then they get pulled over once by that cop again. Yeah. Uh, because the speedometer was broken. And then they just get to Boyd's house. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then there's a problem at the house. Mm-hmm. But the whole trip apparently went fine. All the rest of the driving was cool. Everything was fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe there was a little <laughs> awkward silence because dad and son don't get along. But for the most part, the road trip goes surprisingly well. And you don't really Mm -hmm. see, there's no complications in that matter. I thought that was kind of like just weird. Like, oh, oh God, they're already here. Yeah. And they're going to, okay, wow. And when the movie is 82 minutes long and really without credits, it's kind of like 75 minutes long. Mm Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem like there's enough here (laughs) to to put a whole movie on. And you kind of feel that with the rest of the family's little side stories that stay at home. Like, I dug... Lauren Graham and Candace Bergen hanging out in the attic together, getting drunk <laughs> and looking through shit. Yes. I wrote in my notes, I had like, I love the girls in the attic stuff. Every mm-hmm. time it comes back, 
I'm having a blast. I yeah. love those two. I adore Lauren Graham. Oh yeah. She's hundred percent. She's so great. Like she's perfectly like bubbly, mm-hmm. but also like really like down to earth and yeah, and, and real and yeah. like just not like an airhead or anything. Just like mm-hmm. just cool. Yeah. <laughs> she seems and like she, a really cool she makes lady. Some great faces too. Mm-hmm. Like she's so expressive. Yeah, I was sad. Like. It felt like the beginning of this movie was so short. It felt like there was no first act to this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where all, where all these characters that we eventually are supposed to give a shit about get introduced in a better way. You know, because it was like, there's the opening of the movie where it's it's uh, Boyd as a kid mm-hmm. talking with porn stash Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> the like flashback Robin Williams where to make him look young, they just kind of like keep it a little out of focus. Don't look at him directly. Mm-hmm. Show him like over a kid's shoulder, but don't like show Robin Williams right up in his face and also give him super long hair and a porn stash. Yeah. So that it's like <laughs> 70s Robin Williams. He's young. Look how young he is. I thought that was kind of funny, but I was like, okay, all right. All right. Whatever. Yeah. I'll roll with it. Uh, but it starts with that. And it's like basically just describing how Boyd's dad like ruined Christmas for him because he's all like, oh, let me tell you the real thing. Christmas is all bullshit. The world's bullshit. You know, and his mm-hmm. dad's terrible. So like he's he overcompensates with his own children to make Christmas super special and awesome. Yeah. And he's, that's why he's so protective of his son, Doug, not learning that there's, you know, no Santa, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So it's like, I, you know, you get that. And then it immediately goes into uh, him getting like the phone call from Clark Duke from his brother, <laughs> Nelson. Yeah. The character winds up being a little like, this is just silly for silly sake sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he gets like a monologue at the end as though he like really learned a lesson. And it's like, you kind of just like fell into having a baby and now you're giving a speech about like fatherhood. That's yeah. <laughs> like, not, not ringing true to me. Um, and he just like immediately calls and he's like, hey, yeah, I got a, I, I scored a kid. Yeah. Scored himself a kid. That's how, that's how he says it, which I think is just adorable. Uh, and he tells Boyd that he's going to have like the christening or the baptism or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. on the 24th and the oh, January or February. He's like, no, Boyd, December. He's like, but that means I'd have to spend Christmas with. And then it's like immediately into the trip. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're immediately like it goes to Robin Williams as uh, Mitch Mitchler. Virgil, as they say in the movie, is his real name, but he goes by Mitch. He is not Mitchell Mitchler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I thought. It, I was like, that's whoa. What a what a name. Um, <clears throat> so then and then they're sort of immediately kind of off and to the house and and off to see his family Mm -hmm. there's that the brief scene that sets up them leaving the presents behind you know where he's like got the big old present and then doug's gonna come out of the room so they have to hide it so that he doesn't see it Mm -hmm. and then that's how they forget it yeah but then they're kind of already off and on their way and there's this whole subplot that eventually comes into play later silly enough about her being like an esl teacher yeah and you know all and i was like why not that i needed like an entire scene of her teaching a class or something Mm -hmm. but the fact that there's like a character that shows up later related to her backstory like i just felt like (laughs) she should have been introduced a tiny bit more you know what i mean like maybe she should have been like on the phone with that guy talking to him about something you Mm -hmm. know what i mean because in the end it just winds up being like oh one of my esl students is gonna watch the house while we're gone 
yeah. then they move along and then it's like oh here's that guy <laughs> like, <laughs> they took all the kids presents for some reason just because they don't understand english means they don't understand like not going through people's things mm-hmm. i guess <laughs> it's I, like yeah that whole that whole bit was kind of strange mm-hmm. and the fact that it just winds up not mattering at all yeah in the end <laughs> like you know I, for a moment i was like oh okay you know in movies like these it feels like there's uh a moment where you know it's like oh we have this goal we need to get the presents we need to get them back we need to you know and then that there's gonna be a moment where it's like oh shit it's no longer possible at all mm-hmm. and you have to figure out a new thing you know yeah. that it's not that you can't just finish the mission as it was started, like get toys and bring them back. It's like, oh, toys are gone. Yeah. Now you have to finish the mission. You have to improvise. You got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then in this case, it was really like, oh, no, the toys are gone. Thankfully, they didn't open the one important present, though. Yeah. So I'm going to go get that one <laughs> and we'll get take it back. No harm, no foul. Everything's cool. Like, wait, what? <laughs> really? None of that? Okay. Like they took the box out of the closet. It was in the closet, so they took the presents out. They put that one aside. They opened every other box, and they just didn't open the one with the sled in it or whatever. Yeah. Lucky for Boyd, I guess. Yeah, I guess. The central, like, the point of the movie, essentially, is that whole relationship between Boyd and Mitch, Mm -hmm. uh, Joel McHale and Robin Williams, which sounds so great yeah it really does and i felt like their exchanges were written just too by the book Mm -hmm. you know there just wasn't enough to let either of them really shine how they could have yeah you know there was a specific moment when they're in the truck or no 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 it was in the house like they get to the house uh the cousins are shitty the little kid cousins are like pieces of shit. Yeah, they are. Uh, his sister is dating a moron. <laughs> <laughs> no, who is married. Married to the moron. Yes. Who flashed his dick at a bus of old people and is a sex offender. Because someone double dog dared him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Tim Heidegger, amazing in the role. <laughs> He's perfect as a horrible pervert. And uh, I don't even remember exactly what it was oh it was the fact that uh, that he didn't want his kids Boyd didn't want his kids eating like red meat or whatever Mm -hmm. uh and so uh Mitch obviously being the like (laughs) I wrote them as Wisconsin nightmare family like that's what I thought of them as where it's just like oh god I don't blame you Boyd I wouldn't want to fucking be here either (laughs) like this seems awful uh, and then when Mitch starts berating him for like, oh, you should have him eat meat or you're, tra- you're you know, making him wussies or whatever the fuck he was saying. Mm-hmm. And then some really not great insults to be thrown <laughs> around, especially give, like if this had been like 10 years earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of them would have been. It was just a lot of Robin Williams calling him lady names. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was and pretty much it. Like calling up, him Gladys? tranny. Oh like, yeah, that was that was a little too far. Yeah, like, probably. Eh. But but it was the fact that you know he he says whatever about the kids not eating meat or something, mm-hmm. and so Boyd says to him, "Don't tell me how to raise my kids." And then Mitch responds with, "Don't tell me what to do in my house." And I was like, "Oh my god, we've seen this a billion times." You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this scenario is so old hat. Yeah. You know, like what what are you giving to me, new movie? And it's like nothing. I'm just giving you that and I'm hoping that these two can charm more out of the script and Mm -hmm. it's like unfortunately they don't there's very brief moments where they each get to kind of shine through Yeah, you know the moment towards the end 
when when Boyd really digs into Mitch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When he finally, you know, there's that great moment where he's like, what, are you sensitive all of a sudden? And I wrote down like, yeah, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> You've sucked this whole movie, Mitch. You're a piece of garbage. Yeah. And a lot of the things that we learn about uh, Boyd's childhood make me hate you and your wife. A lot. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't feel any pity or sympathy for you. So when he's ribbing you and you're like, oh, and getting all pouty, it's like, oh, what? Now you can't take it? You can dish it out the whole fucking movie, but now you're a (laughs) crybaby. Fuck you. Like, it really, I was like, I'm against you, even though you're Robin Williams. Yeah. I do not like you, and you have not (laughs) earned the redemption that you get by the end of this movie. It bummed me out. Like, it was just like, he's just such the stereotypical macho manly dad asshole character Mm -hmm. and i liked the twist on it of that being played by robin williams because that's not really what you would think of you know what i mean you don't think of robin williams as the like the dad who goes and shoots a squirrel and feeds it to his kids like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like uh, it just it was a a fun twist i don't know yeah and in (laughs) in a similar vein joe McHale was playing a role that is mm-hmm. atypical of yeah, what like he... super straight laced, yeah. not the like, huh, sarcastic, smarmy bastard, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I, you know that scene towards the end felt so natural for yeah. him. Oh yeah, where he starts really digging into him. It's like, oh, there he is. Yeah, there's there, Joel. There's Joel. Because <laughs> yeah, he is. It's he almost was Boyd most of the yeah, movie, yeah, but that yeah. was, that was Joel. It is. It is kind of like almost silly how like. Uh, like smiley and like good natured he seems with his family mm-hmm. where it's just like I can't help but think that it's all cynical in an act because it's you <laughs> but no you're supposed to be like the really good attentive <laughs> dad and husband and all that but like yeah him going back to this this house this family this garbage that he puts up with mm-hmm. like these types of movies will always sway towards family you know what I mean? Like, if there's yeah. a story about the, you're you're not gonna get the Christmas movie that ends with like sometimes family sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, never ever. It's always like you just remember the love of family and togetherness and family mm-hmm. all the time. So in this case, you're just looking at it like these are bad people, mm-hmm. like fully bad people. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it 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 really killed me because I really liked Candace Bergen throughout yeah. most of the movie, and it was like her being the sort of like if not delusional than just like blind eye turning kind of mom mm-hmm. where it's like your son and your husband are constantly sniping each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> and just like riffing back and forth. And she's just like, Oh boys. Yeah. It's like lady, this is not just like playful ribbing. Like these men despise each other <laughs> for one reason or another, but it's the, the reveal up in the attic when they find out that Boyd used to paint B Arthur like it's a hysterical bit. Yes. I love that like super specific <laughs> weirdo thing that he just as a child started painting B Arthur. <laughs> and Lauren Graham's reaction to it is amazing. Where she's just like is that B Arthur? She cannot believe it. Yes. <clears throat> he likes bridge and golden girls. What did you raise a 75-year-old woman? <laughs> yeah. Like it was it was uh, a great little moment there. And then they fucking turn it. Mm-hmm. And she reveals like, yep. And this one you see here, this is where the legs were nailed in, where his dad decided to use it as a poker table for his drinking buddies. Mm-hmm. And you can see all the cup rings mm-hmm. on the painting itself where they had it like 
Mm-hmm. And this is where someone threw up on it. Yeah, threw up on it and all that shit while they just sat and laughed at him and played cards and, and drank over it and everything. And the fact that she did nothing about this. Yeah. And apparently just let it happen. I mm-hmm. was that was the moment I wrote down. I was like, I don't blame Boyd at all for not wanting to be here. I think he made a mistake yeah. <laughs> coming back up here. Uh he could have just sent sent Nelson a letter and congratulated him on the kid mm-hmm. <laughs> and just avoided this whole fucking mess. Yeah. You know, like uh, the 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 leaving behind of the toys and him wanting to go get it and save Christmas is like noble and all. Mm-hmm. But like you wouldn't have to save Christmas if you just stayed home and had your Christmas. Yep. And not dealt with this bullshit I... <laughs> from these people that treated you poorly. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and now Luann knows mm-hmm. just how poorly yeah, he was right? treated. Like that's the oof. It does not, and it like the movie tries to end well, mm-hmm. and it's just like I just I don't. These people still suck. Yeah, I don't see any re- real redemption here. You know, like it, it's it's like so it's so contrived how Mitch gets into the situation where it's like, and then randomly Boyd's car breaks down on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. He's trying to drive home and it breaks down, so he needs to get a ride. So it has to be. That this father and son who don't like each other mm-hmm. are going to drive back to Chicago to go pick up the presents. Like, yeah. okay, fine. That's the movie. That's the the gist. Mm-hmm. The, the road movie with the odd couple. Okay, I get yeah. it. We got to get there somehow. All right, let's go. Yeah. But to act like, because in the end, it's like, what did, what did Mitch do? Did he even do anything to truly help save the day in the end or not? I mean. <clears throat> Other than the incidental thing of having doug put bourbon out for santa that winds up being the favorite drink of the hobo that they let storm in the front door and greet children Mm -hmm. who's been asking for bourbon the whole movie and sees the bourbon and drinks it and that helps doug believe that it's santa because his grandpa his alcoholic grandpa told him that santa loves bourbon yeah so when he drinks the bourbon he believes the story Right. Uh, but I'm not willing to give Mitch credit for that. Like, oh, that helped. That saved the day. That, yeah. There's a redemption story there for you. You know, and like the closest I can think of is that Mitch offered to take the fall for them thinking they killed Santa. Like, take the fall for Santa being <laughs> oh, dead. That's, that's right. Because they do run over this hobo Santa at some point. Or at least run into. Yeah. The hobo Santa thing, it's so strange. To me, because like I was trying to clock it the whole movie as it, as it was like happening. Because I was like, okay, at the beginning, Doug gives Hobo Santa a dollar, mm-hmm. and I was and like, I didn't, hand. yeah, I didn't quite recognize him as Oliver Platt at that point. There was a point in the movie where I was like, oh, oh that's a real, <laughs> that's a guy, and not a real guy, but you know what I mean. Like that's a that's an actor that you get for that role mm-hmm. because there's someone, not just random big guy to play Hobo Santa. Right. So I was like, okay, so this is like an important person when he shows up the next time in the bathroom at the <laughs> at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And he talks to Boyd and asks him for bourbon and blah, blah, blah. And he does that joke, the European joke and whatever. So then when Mitch goes into the bathroom and comes out and says that he didn't see a Santa in there, I was like, are you serious, movie? Are we really going down this route that this is like somehow like the real Santa? Yeah, and he's disguising himself. Yeah, like, is that really what we're doing here? Like, it does seem strange that they ran into this Santa out here as well as at the place where they were seeing Santa that Doug was able to 
give him the dollar or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like because like, that so was, was he... in Illinois. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like, was he following I them? Think... I think if I saw the sign right, I believe it was Western Springs. Nice. I did not notice. (laughs) But like, okay, so did he follow them up here to Wisconsin? Is it just total happenstance that they see him again? Why have they seen him again? Like, how is Uh this going to come into play later? So then later when they run him over and he's laying there in the street almost dead and they keep trying to come up with all the different reasons (laughs) I kept writing down. I was like, did they kill Santa? Do they want to dissolve Santa? They're going to chainsaw Santa. I was like, is that really where this movie's going? That this hobo followed them to get killed for them to do some horrible act here at the end? Yeah. Like, this is way dark and way weird. And oh, my God. So obviously, you know, he's alive and he helps them in the end and he pretends to be Santa and he gives the kid the gift and the Mm -hmm. magic of Christmas is saved and all that bullshit. But I was just like, wait a minute. So they somehow ran over that same Santa hobo? Mm Mm-hmm. So is I mean, he supposed to be that makes a, magic a little hobo? bit more sense because he hadn't traveled as far. I guess if yeah, if they were using the same route to get back as they did to get there, mm-hmm. then they might feasibly run into him again. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I guess so. It just seemed like this seems like magic. This seems yeah. like why is this dude mm-hmm. somehow showing up everywhere? And then in the end, it's like, no, he's just a hobo who loves bourbon who's mm-hmm. just, just hanging out and doing Santa stuff, I guess. <laughs> like at the end, I just wrote, like, uh, good for him, but like he's he's not the real Santa. So so who is? Is he a real is he just a hobo? And they're just letting him in the house? Like, why did he care? You know? I don't know. Maybe he's a hobo. I don't know. Yeah, it was just like this weird little sort of side thing in this yeah. movie where it's like it's about the father and son and saving the day for the kid but also there's this weird santa hobo guy who pops mm-hmm. in and out every once in a while and he rides away on his snowmobile on <laughs> the ground with no snow yeah. it felt like they just spent too much time going back to stuff with the family that i didn't care about and that mm-hmm. they could have spent with Joel McHale and Robin Williams like riffing off each other or something like that. Like it's just, man, this movie was missing scenes of them together more. Yeah. You know, it was like they had a couple of them, but they were so just nor just, you know, average movie stuff. Mm -hmm. And then something happened, you know, they get pulled over by the cop and then the cop reveals that Nelson's in one of the porta potties in the back. Yeah. It's like, oh, Nelson stowed away with them. Look at that. As soon as the mom mentioned that Nelson falls asleep in places when he like runs off yeah 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 i was like oh so he fell asleep in a porta potty like, <laughs> he's he, back they're just yeah. waiting for him to reveal it mm-hmm. yeah I, I called that as right away <laughs> like yep that's that'll happen soon yeah i was uh i was a little bit like i was like what the fuck is this movie doing it feels like it's just spinning its wheels because when they like do that and they're like oh when nelson's missing and we looked in the places he normally goes and we can't find him and then they go out into the street and they see there's that thing in the road mm-hmm. and they think it's him sleeping in the road and then the truck runs it over the truck that has matt jones in it who plays uh, badger in breaking bad who was just like that dude and the other dude i recognize i don't remember his name though yeah. but it's just like two like famous people for the hell of it <laughs> yeah like they could have played characters in this movie just as well as anybody else, you know what I mean? But, like, just for that literal, just them in the truck, mm-hmm. like, singing to each other is all they shot. Yep. Like, 30 seconds of footage, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they run it over, and you're like, oh, God. And then it turns out to be that Santa decoration, and it wasn't 
Nelson. Right. And I was like, so what? So that's they're just not going to go anywhere? Nelson's just going to pop up later, I guess? I don't understand what the fuck was going on with the stuff with the pickles. That was such time-wasting crap. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, oh, the one kid, the, to- the tooth kid, <laughs> is a competitive eater mm-hmm. just to give him a quirky character trait. Yeah. Uh, so that he can chow down a bunch of, like, rolls at dinner or something and everyone could be impressed. Yeah. So then he dares Doug to eat a whole bunch of fucking pickles and he downs them all. And then it turns out that they were jarred in like the 70s. Mm-hmm. So Which, then. How does that girl know that like 74 or whatever was like the Nixon administration? Oh, yeah. The, well, see, that's, was... that's the thing is that they don't, you know, if they introduce the characters a little more and she was shown to be some like brainy little nerd. Yeah. Then that okay. might then that might be in character. Mm-hmm. But they really don't. It's just like, here is our daughter. Here is our son. Here is my wife. Here we go. Here is my house. Here's my family. Yeah. And you're just there and you're like, oh, OK, I guess. Well, what's everyone's deal? Nothing. OK, whatever. You're just <laughs> you know a what family. I mean? Yeah, it's just like there's nothing to it. Like, what mm-hmm. uh, what what did the sister do? What is her job? Where does she live? Does she live with them? Does she live in another place? I have no fucking idea. Yeah. You know, they, they have, there's no, there's nothing. You have no, no clue. clue. Like those cousins, do they live in that house with everybody? Is this an everybody in the house thing? Does Nelson live there? No, he has an apartment, right? Didn't they show him in an apartment? Or was that shot earlier in the movie in the kitchen of that house? I have no idea. Yeah. There is no placement of who, where, any of that shit. Yep. You're just there and is, they're there. Yeah. All we know is Boyd <laughs> and his family live in Chicago somewhere yeah. yeah exactly and that's really the yeah. gist of it it's really strange that they're just sort of like there you go here's everybody yeah. and then here we go and here we're going um one thing that i did find funny about nelson like i like clark duke it was more something about him that i thought was funny was how righteous mitch gets about him like he, him being injured serving his country mm-hmm. it was like he went to basic he fell off a truck and hit his head yeah and got some slight brain <laughs> yeah, damage got a little bit of brain damage and uh and now he's back so he never actually served but mitch is very adamant that he, he's a hero who got hurt serving his country mm-hmm. <laughs> freaks out on people <laughs> saying otherwise but that was good i did think it was just really silly that whole english as a second language subplot and Nelson being a uh, uh like being discharged from the military thing coming together at the end there mm-hmm. where it was like oh so the people who are Lauren Graham Luann's uh student's family they're all from Afghanistan mm-hmm. which thankfully Nelson learned the language yeah so he can sort of speak to them mm-hmm. uh there's obviously like I, I saw it coming a mile away oh, that yeah. he was gonna say something that made them like panic or freak out or whatever mm-hmm. because his only command like all he knows are like military commands are like hello and like get down yeah <laughs> shit like that <laughs> um but i thought it was just like especially considering the fact that nothing comes of it because there's really nothing more that they can do it's like they open all the presents it's done yeah nelson being able to talk to them doesn't help us at all Let's just take the president and leave. All of this seemed a little pointless. <laughs> you yeah. know, this whole roundabout thing of like, Nelson has PTSD, so then he runs away when people get yelly. So then he runs and he hides in the porta potty, which leads him on the trip with Mitch and Boyd so that he can be there to talk to the people in their language to do, well, to really do nothing. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it was like, <laughs> oh, wow. I was hoping that would all come together better mm-hmm. or there'd just be more to it or mm-hmm. something, you know, like 
if 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 he didn't see the present somewhere and he had to ask them where the present was and then they had, he had to have Nelson ask them yeah. to tell him where the present is and they said they gave it to someone who drove away and they got to find him or something you know if there was something going on in the end but it was literally like okay i guess we'll just take that one over there yeah peace out we gone like what is going on this is so bare bones <laughs> i was honestly really expecting more out of it I made a note calling Nelson is going to be in one of the porta potties. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did you uh, did you notice? His, I mean, I'm sure you did. It's not like it was all that subtle, but uh, <laughs> the Crap King license plate yes. <laughs> on his truck C R P K I N G. But that was like that was a very real touch of the like <laughs> the dude <laughs> who just like accepts and brands himself. For the thing he does and doesn't oh, yeah. give a shit, or it's like, yeah, it's they're the potties. Yeah, crap. <laughs> who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, just, I think one of the silliest and stupidest things, especially with how immediately it was solved and the silliness of it, like the silliness of all of it, it felt like just really forced. Boyd's car breaks down, so he sits on the side of the road. His dad shows up. Boyd does not turn his car off and take his keys with him. No, nope. He leaves his car running mm -hmm. on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And then they drive off and a couple of things happen. And then they get to his house and he can't get in because he doesn't have his keys. And it flashes back to the fucking keys in the ignition mm -hmm. of his car on the side of the road. With the door open. Yeah, with the fucking door open. And I was like, that's the stupidest shit I've ever seen. And nobody would do that, let alone this guy. Yeah. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And it's just such a forced little moment. So then he breaks his own window with the potted plant to mm -hmm. get in and then his dad reaches down and picks up the key that was hidden under the planner like looking for this or whatever and i was like so you're telling me that he hides a key under mm -hmm. a planner and picks that planner up to break his window without thinking for a moment you know like you yeah. think the second he goes to grab that planner even if his intention is to put it through his window <laughs> you know what i mean just be like oh this fucking planner oh the planner Right, the key. Like you, you know, it's mm -hmm. the fact that he picks up the one, yeah, with the key under it, and still breaks his own window instead of finding the key. It's like, okay, so what? What is what? <laughs> so now they have the key mm -hmm. and the window's broken. Whatever, you know, it's like none of that mattered. You know, they could still just go into the door, walk through the door. There's no barrier there. There's no like we don't have the keys, and there's no way to get to the present without the keys. It's literally like break the window. Yeah. Go in. <laughs> like it just it it felt like a movie that needed so many more like pit stops. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like like I I just can't help but imagine because you know it's one of my favorites of road movies of like planes trains and automobiles. The moment when the fucking car is on fire in the middle of the highway yeah. is such a like there is no way out of this moment. Yeah. And then they have to figure out a way out of it. Like in this movie it never even felt like they were under like the only pressure they were under was time. Yeah. Was to get back before sunrise. Mm -hmm. Everything else went so smoothly. Yeah. For a movie that really should be a lot more about like obstacles and yeah. figuring it out and and the then you know father and son like working together more, you know? Like, if there was, like, a problem that happened that, you know, <clears throat> Boyd couldn't handle, so Mitch, you know, did it. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, okay, fine. And then a problem later that Mitch has a problem with and he can't do it and Boyd figures it out. And then they have, like, a grudging respect, you know, for, like, helping each other out of that. And then at the end they sort of team up and fix the thing, you know. <clears throat> That's as much as it's, like, 
what you might imagine a movie mm-hmm. would do. It's more than what this movie gives you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just laying out what a basic movie should be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's wild that this movie is lacking yeah. a lot of those things. It yeah. was like it's it really sort of it honestly sort of felt, <clears throat> especially with the length, like a like really long pilot episode <clears throat> yeah. to a TV show mm-hmm. about the estranged son who comes home to the weirdo family. And then, you know, learns to love them again. So maybe he like moves closer by or something. And then the rest of the series is them living together, you know, but this was the pilot of how they started to reconcile. Mm -hmm. And then eventually there'd be the episode where he really confronts his dad about the B. Arthur paintings and shit, you know, because there's no reason he should, he should get off that easy. Yeah. Because that was some, that was some bullshit he pulled. (laughs) That is, that's like so scarring. As Luann said, that's so sad. Oh yeah, right. That was like that was kind of heartbreaking. I I was honestly expecting her reaction to be bigger. I was a little bit peeved at her with that too. You know what I mean? mean? Where it's like that's a cruel thing to do. Okay, I guess so. so. But like you'd think, like especially if she doesn't really know this side of the family that well, you know, it's not like oh, you know, Mm. we hang out all the time, so we're kind of friendly you know in this case it's kind of like hi meeting all these weirdos that we don't see all the time yeah and then being like oh holy shit what the fuck is wrong with you like you think that would be the reaction i don't know she was she's trying to downplay it because it's christmas and you know they're stuck there Mm -hmm. because her car's broken down on the side of the road and her husband's in a truck with her (laughs) father-in-law and yeah i guess so if things go (laughs) south you're saying that she can be buried in the backyard Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I mean, we already know that there's a gun in the house. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, something that I thought was like, yeah, okay, maybe that seems a little harsh. But again, I mean, we kind of went into it because it's that, the moment with the whole like, oh, now you're fucking sensitive or whatever kind of mm. thing. But like when Mitch sees the picture that that Boyd has up of the family and he's not in it. He's been like edited out of the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get that feeling of like, okay, yeah, I get you feeling it personally. Um, however, there is your entire history as a father. Yep. To sort of take into consideration <laughs> here, you know, uh, and also the very valid point that Boyd points out where he's just like, you're wearing a fucking t shirt. The like Crapper King shirt. Oh, yeah, shirt. the Crapper King shirt. To a family event for the family portrait. Like, that's what really got me about it. Mm-hmm. If it was like, that was a picture at our family reunion, and we were all together, mm-hmm. and we took the picture, and then Boyd was like, I, I don't want him in it. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. The fact that he says that this was a family portrait, as though they all decided, like, we're going to get together. Mm-hmm. We're going to get this portrait done. It's a big thing. Yeah. And he still shows up looking like that. You're like, yeah, you know what? No. I, he can exercise the right to cut you out of the picture. Oh, yeah. If they went to that much trouble and you came up and you looked like that. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, somebody fucking comes up to your family reunion picture with, like, a Who Farted t-shirt. You are fully within your rights to mm-hmm. edit them the fuck out. I don't care who they are in your family. <laughs> like, I don't even give a shit about family portraits, but I get it. Yeah. I get why people like it. I would never, like, purposefully disrespect it and be <laughs> like, I expect to still be in this picture. You know? Like, that's... what? fuck you. That's entitlement. Yeah. So him being all like, oh, I'm really sad because my son cut me out of the picture. Like... You kind of deserve it mm-hmm. for everything. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's a little bit sad, too. Like, 
I liked, again, like I said, I like the fact that it's Robin Williams playing this shitty of a dad. Yeah. You know, because it's like even his, you know, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire crazy dad. He clearly <laughs> cared about his kids. Yeah. He was just a lunatic madman. <laughs> yeah. And went about <laughs> seeing them in a way that was illegal. Yeah, and nightmarish. Truthfully. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, but like in the end, he cared about his kids. In this mm. one, he's like just this rotten bastard kind of. Mm-hmm. Alcoholic. Yeah. Just, just a real piece of work mm-hmm. and i really like seeing you know that difference like i love him in death to smoochie where he is just the <laughs> grossest fucking awful man <laughs> he's, he's so wonderful in it um but like seeing him in something like this it's really nice like oh that's cool it's a different kind of vibe and then being like one of the last movies he ever did like oh it's a shame then that it wasn't better yeah you know like if he was gonna do that role i wish he had gotten a meatier part to kind of chew into yeah i i really am like curious as to how much or what was cut yeah i I can't help but feel like there must be there has to be more there has to be something that had to have been adjusted (laughs) couldn't be done in post they didn't get like the reshoots that they needed or whatever yeah or or even if it was just like well that makes him look really bad yeah and we would prefer to leave it a little less bad yeah so we'll cut that part and it's like oh especially given that it was the first yeah the first one to come out after his death you kind of have like this thing like oh everyone's looking at you like oh god we don't want to be the one that makes him look like a piece of shit and it's technically <laughs> a christmas movie <laughs> yeah shit. um so yeah that's not particularly an enviable position to be in like trying yeah. to figure that out but who knows i mean they there might not be anything cut. Yeah, there might just not have been anything cut that might have just been the most this movie had to give i mean <laughs> we can't give you anymore <laughs> we are all out of movie we have no more movie to give it should have been so much better, given the cast. Yeah. You know what? It, in the end, looking at it, what it makes me think of, especially just like how horrible Mitch is as a dad, without a very specific voice to it, I feel like it just does not work as well because it feels so much to me like Papa Titus. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Chris mm-hmm. Titus's dad. Like the the scenarios that you hear are so similar, and it's mm-hmm. just the the way that it's done that leaves you feeling so terrible. Like this one, you just feel, you only feel awful for Boyd. Yeah. And you, there's absolutely no flip side to it. And you don't even necessarily find Mitch funny in the shitty things he does. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. him using that as a table for his drinking buddies never feels funny in the movie. No. It just feels devastating. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then there's a very similar kind of thing in in Titus when Titus, co- you know, him as a teenager, which is always hysterical, like that that layer always makes it funny, too. Yeah. But when he comes home and his dad is reading his diary as like a performance piece to his drinking buddies around the table. But it's hysterical because of how it's played, even though it's roughly a similarly, yeah. you know, <clears throat> destructive act. So it's like this one just felt like they they wanted to be that like wacky you know, subverted, like, this is for the the screw-ups kind of movie. You know what I mean? Like, this movie is for people who are kind of fucked up, like, who <laughs> like things a little different and weird. Mm-hmm. But they also didn't go all the way. Yeah. And sort of just made it as bare bones and simple as possible. This is not nearly as, like, raunchy and subversive as it wants to think it is. Yeah. It really winds up just being a, like, love your family. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. there's no real... <laughs> Uh, there's there's nothing that's really 
ridiculous or horrible about it. you know what i mean like i haven't seen it in a long time but i feel like bad santa with billy bob thornton like that movie i believe winds up with several people dead <laughs> you know what i mean and like it gets real weird and fucked up you know that kind of mm-hmm. stuff so it's like that kind of zaniness yeah is what this movie was missing where it was like you're kind of playing it as safe as you can where like nothing really happens nobody gets like hurt Nobody yeah, goes even to the jail. Hobo that was hit by a yeah, car. Like, he's fine. You know, yeah. nothing really, you know, nothing Ooh. comes of the people who broke into, I mean, they didn't break in, they had a key apparently, but the people <laughs> who like invaded his home and took all of his Christmas presents uh-huh. and are there and they don't even understand why he's mad at them or any of that. It's like nothing comes of that. Nobody's in trouble. Nobody's mad. You know, Boyd, Boyd isn't even like, if you're still here when I get home, I'll fucking kill all of you. You know, he's just like, whatever. It's cool. Yeah, I'll everyone's, deal with you later. Yeah, everyone's just kind of whatever the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And like even even like why does why does the cop just give up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would have loved if that silly goofy guy became a like semi-villain of like trying to track down these these yeah. porta potty boys or something because they keep <laughs> messing with him and he has to like try to stand up for himself once in his horrible weasel of a life. <laughs> you know, like that would have been a fun thing to do. But instead the movie literally has him just go like, never mind. And stop chasing them. Yeah. And just go home. It's Christmas. I'm going to go be with my family. Yeah, yeah, He just looks at the picture of his family and he's like, well, never mind. Family, family. Turns around, drives away. It's like, what? So he's not even going to finish his chase. They just dropped an entire porta potty on your car. Do your job. Yeah. Like, literally. (laughs) You were in the middle of doing your job. Just continue to do your job. Yeah, continue to do your job, please. But no, yeah, he just decides not to. The whole movie is just a whole bunch of like, eh, meh. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. Like it was it was and it, like we said, though, several times, it's so short that I did not necessarily sit through the thing like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, it was just kind of like that. It happened and it's over. And all right. And so, the next thing. And eh, 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 yeah, eh. <laughs> that's, that's the gist. Yeah, you got the gist for for roughly 75 minutes for the most part yeah <laughs> um it was definitely uh definitely fun to watch a christmas movie that i had never heard of before mm-hmm. or seen anything about before i'm hoping we can kind of keep that going yeah as we go uh because i just i like seeing movies i haven't seen before <laughs> i like discovering a movie or discovering that i hate a movie or something <laughs> like that you know there's all sorts of stuff um and this this one doesn't really fall into either camp very you know, indifferent. Yeah, exactly. I would not say that I hated it. it is, there's nothing objectionably bad about it. Yeah. It's just it's, like, it's eh, fine. yeah, it was all right. It was, it was, you know, like fine. It's, it's <laughs> like if you want to have it on in the background sort of thing, like you can catch things here and there. And yeah. But you, you're really not missing anything like crazy great. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, well, all right. If it's it, essentially the movie exists for when you nearly run out of Robin Williams movies mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my God, there's, there's no more for me to see. There's almost none. Like, well, did you see this one? You could track that one down. Yeah. You watch that one a little Go bit. Find it's a okay. Merry fucking Christmas. Yeah, it's all right. Which is never said throughout the entire like America. Yeah, Merry least... Christmas is said. <laughs> yeah, they never say friggin' though. Yeah. Uh, one thing though that is good though is that I had this horrible feeling before the movie started that I was like, oh no, is this gonna be one of those shitty movies where like the family name is friggin'? Oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like one of the like a merry friggin' Christmas. Like here's Frank friggin', here's Francine friggin'. Like oh fuck, no, <laughs> don't be one of those movies. So I was very glad it wasn't. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that man. that could have been rough. Yeah, that would have been terrible. <laughs> um, <clears throat> truthfully, probably my favorite thing about the movie, the thing that felt the most like authentic and got the best laugh out of me was Tim Heidecker's hair. <laughs> that horrible, yes. horrible white trash fucking hair. Mm-hmm. Like that that is the hair of a dude who absolutely would flash his dick at a bus if he was mm-hmm. dared to. Yeah. Because he's that much of a fucking moron. He probably has an ICP <laughs> tattoo. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> definitely. Uh it's hysterical. That's easily <laughs> like other than Lauren Graham being adorable as always. Mm-hmm. I will never like unless she's uh, unless she ever put in a really terrible performance. I don't think I could ever not enjoy watching Lauren Graham. Right. You know, like even if her character would be like a bitch, like if she's ever played like a villain, I almost would want to see that. Like that would be amazing. Let's see what she could do being a a horrible (laughs) bitch. That'd be awesome. Uh, But yeah, like it's, it's so strange. It's like not very objectionable of a movie. Yeah. It's not, it's not full of horrible things. It's just not full of enough good things yeah i think that's really what it comes down to yeah, it's like, like there's everyone's not a performance is fine yeah for the like, most part you just you're just like you're just sitting there waiting for like something mm-hmm. to be like oh but there's that sequence you know or like or mm-hmm. there's that scene or there's that whatever you know you think of any road movie or, or movies like that and there's like oh that part and this one it just doesn't. It doesn't really have it. Yeah. But I think that is going to wrap it up for this opening week of holiday movie month on Popcorn for Dinner. Uh, looking forward to see what else winds up on the docket because, mm-hmm. again, I, I love the idea of sort of just perusing and finding yes. and uh, and seeing what, uh, what may come. Yes. But uh, this is Jeff. And Kelly. I scored myself a kid. Yeah.